Welcome to the Night Vision Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Knight. Before I get started into this podcast, I want to give a special shout out to the Lord Almighty. Without Him, I wouldn't be able to have the strength to do this podcast. I also want to give a shout out to several people who inspired me to do this podcast. Emerson Murray, thank you. Eileen Carmer, thank you. Coach Ty Hodges, thank you. My good friend over in Tampa, Tony Badero, thank you for pushing me to do this podcast. And now, on to the Night Vision Podcast. Ask and you shall receive. On the line with me, a good friend of mine, love him like a brother, Coach Demetrius Richardson. Welcome to the Night Vision Podcast, man. How you doing today? Hey, I'm doing wonderful, man. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Glad to be here. Well, listen, man, you, you, you are literally the first guest on this show, man. And, uh, I, I don't know what to say, man. Um, <laughs> your shoe game's on point. I know that, man. Why you're oh, uh, you know, man. Yeah, you, you, gotta know, you gotta keep that, you gotta keep that trend going. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, trust me. Like this week, um, I got some sleepers coming in, you know, um, I'm the type, man, I don't just wear just Jordans, you know, I, I like to wear, uh, a lot of things, you know what I'm saying? Like, so I got some surprises coming this weekend. You know, just stay tuned. You'll see. Hey, man, I, I can't wait, man. But, um, yeah, let's, let's get into it. Um, let's talk about your, uh, background, you know, um, just tell me a little bit about yourself and why you decided to coach, you know, basketball. Man, um, yeah, so as, you know, Coach Knight, uh, introduced, my name is Coach D. Um, you know, full name Demetrius Richardson. Uh, I'm very young, uh, as far as when it comes to coaching, but you know, I, I, a lot of us know that, you know, I don't really think age matters as long as you know what you're doing. Um, I started, I want to say three years out of high school, uh, which is very quick for some people, you know, so, you know, done with, you know, high school, you know, halfway through college and stuff like that. I had wanted my brother, my younger brother, uh, to play for a AAU team, a certain AAU team. So one of the staff members um, that I had, or one of the coaches that I had, uh, Coach Rod Hayes, um, I was like, Coach, I trust you, you know, with it, you know, for him to play for you, this and that, and the third, because I know how some of these coaches can be, um, especially on the boys' side. So I was like, you know what, this is first time playing. Let me ask Coach Rod if he could play for him, right? So called Coach Rod, and he was like, you know what? I got a better idea. How about you coach that team? <laughs> I said, what? Coach a team? I said, look, I don't know about all of that. I just wanted him to play. He said, uh, look, Coach D, man, look, you were one of the smarter players. Um, you need a playbook in and out. You know, uh, you know, you just had a high IQ and, you know, so on and so forth. And it took me about a good week to really think about that. And, you know, just one day I just took a look at my brother and he was just, you know, had that look like he really wanted to play. So I said, you know what, I, I'll do it. You know what I'm saying? It's, it was, you know, I'm a firm believer in, um, you know what I'm saying? If you, you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable, you know, in order to grow, you know, so. Uh, as a person, I said, you know what, let me give it a try. Who knows, right? I had no intentions of doing that. That's so, kind of sound. That kind of sounds like my story. You know, um, my son was a sixth grade at at the time. Uh-huh. I was just being a parent. I was just being a parent, and I guess one of the coaches decided to quit, and um, they they just threw me into the fire, man. And I had to learn trial by error, man. And I had I had some growing pains going on, and um. Eventually, I, I finally got it, and uh, like you said, man, it just it just takes a lot of work, and it, at the end of the day, it's about oh, yeah. those kids. Yeah, that, that's 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 exactly why I ended up doing it, man. And then once I did it, 
it was crazy the amount of talent that was like turned down because I easily could have gotten some kids, you know what I'm saying, that were really good uh, due to Coach Rod's, um, you know, like his history and, you know, the teams that we've had in the past is what he built. And I took it upon myself to not go that route. And I started, I think it started with one kid. I still have a great relationship with them today. Um, his name is uh, Kimari Isaacs. And um, I seen him and nobody really wanted him, right? The kid is 6'2", you know, uh, he's raw. He's very athletic with a track star. He was long. And him and my brother clicked real quick. And it just started from there, you know. And I was like, how does nobody want this kid? He has the intangibles. He has you know, the body size and all this and all this other stuff. And we just grew from there. And from then on, I didn't want a whole bunch of kids that were, you know, like extremely talented. Now, it may sound crazy, but I wanted to give a chance to to do something I wanted to do and give a chance to some kids that kind of, you know, um, were unfortunate to make those really, really good teams. And, uh, and Coach Rod was looking at me like, hey, man, it's your team. You know what I'm saying? He over there coaching the younger group because his son was with them and, and they were rolling, you know. So I get with him and I help, he helped me host a tryout. And, you know, I met another kid and, you know, kids just started flowing in and flowing in. And we filtered it through. And, man, next thing you know, man, I got a, I got an eight, eight-man eight roster. And we, you know, Disney tournament. And, you know, I want to start slow Disney tournament. Um, you know, tournaments out in clear water and, you know, stuff like that. Now, it was a struggle at first. I'm going to be – I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, you know, boys is a different game, you know. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, it was tough, but it was exciting. Like, I'll never forget that time. Never. Like, I still talk to some of those kids now, you know, and we talk about it all the time. And um, that was, like you said, trial and error, you know, just figuring out that, you know – you think you know this, but you really have to teach kids how to execute, you know, and that's important because if you just, there's coaches out here that when it comes to the boys side, they just rely on the athleticism, you know, and, and speed and, you know, they know one or two things. And, you know, that was the case for me a little bit uh, while I added a little bit of what we used, what I used in high school, stuff like that. And, uh, Go out there and you get out coached, man, by these older these older guys, man. They just know what they're doing. They're like, oh, they can read you like a book, you know. And they're like, oh yeah, he's wet behind the ears. We 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 can beat them, no problem, you know. Because you know, you go to some tournaments, you're like, oh my god, we could we could beat these kids. And then all of a sudden they come out there and you know they're just doing everything, cross screens, backdoor screens, uh, just like. Pick and rolls, you know, anything you could think of that is like extremely fundamental and, and you get beat that way. And I was like, this, this is going to, this going to be some work, you know? So, um, I took on that challenge and from then on, man, it was, it was it. And then, uh, slowly built a little resume with, with boys basketball. Um, and out of nowhere, you know, uh, got an opportunity, uh, out there at Cypress Creek, man. And I wanted to take a different route. And um, it was a challenge because I figured if I can coach girls, I can coach anybody. You know, that's just how I felt. Uh, you know, and that's nothing, you know, sexist or anything. But it's just like, you know, there's a lot more to deal with, you know, with girls. And um, I've expressed this to all the other girls that I've coached, and they, and they understand what I mean. Um, you know, you got all, you know all the other things, you know, the boy problems, you know, the – mood swings and you know uh the fact that you really have to coach because they can't just run and dunk on people like you really got to coach you got to know your stuff and that was a big challenge and I was happy because it turned me into who I am today man um and uh yeah man we've been running with with, with this ever since man so looking forward to see what the future holds for us and uh hopefully uh we get to play this summer man because i've never been so excited uh to coach a group of girls in a long time in a long time like i've been excited but this summer i was like excited you know with the group of girls that we have this year and i was like man this is really happening you know um and just growing as a as a coach man this it was it was gonna be um something to see you know i've been on zoom calls and 
you know, all kinds of phone calls with coaches, man, and they were just excited to see when they looked at our roster, and it was like, man, that would hey, if we get out there, man, we'll definitely be there, you know, because it looks it looks like a promising roster. So, I mean, that's just a little background on how I got started, but it's it's been a beautiful journey, I would say. So let's let's talk about East Coast United a little bit. I mean, you 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 know, you know, we both we both know that it's a great organization to be a part of. Um, I came in. I came into that organization about 2016, um, leaving another organization. Um, the culture, man, is 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 it's really different. Um, yeah. And Coach Emerson, you know, I love him like a brother, man. And uh, Uncle he, uh, yes, or you can call him the Godfather too, man. So that's, yeah, that's how I look at brother. it. Yeah. But um East East Coast United is just it just instills a culture. It, it's like it, these girls are held more accountable, you know what I mean? Yes. I would say. I would say. It it it, it just depends how bad the girls want it. If they want it, I mean, we have the tools to provide for them, you know. Yeah. And uh, and I think you came on in what 2018, correct? Yeah, this will be my third year uh, with ECU. Uh, you know, hopefully we get to play, but um, this will be my third year. So yeah, I would say about 2018 uh, was was my first first year with them. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk about the showcase game that we were supposed to have. I mean. You can oh, elaborate man. a little bit on it. Um, yeah. I want to elaborate yeah. on that. Yeah, man. Um, before I even get in there, I just want to give a shout-out to ECU, man. Like, just a world-class organization. If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't even be putting together a showcase. You know, um, we got the idea uh, from Coach Emerson himself. Uh, and I think it was – Probably like we put a lot into it because we knew that would be our main source of income uh, for the summer, you know. Because right. we were like, "Look, man, if we can, we can, if we do this right, man, you know, being that we coach for free, you know, if we can get this stuff to help pay for hotels and you know help pay for you know rented vans and and you know things of that nature, um, that would lighten the load on us because." As you know, travel ball, man, at the highest level can be extremely expensive. Um, so, you know, without Emerson, man, putting that, you know, idea out there that they do a showcase, you know, we, we were like, you know what? No offense. We just, we were younger. We, we felt like we knew a lot. And, you know, so like we were in the current, like, watch, you know, we were currently watching, you know, some games and stuff like that, like the McDonald's All-American game, like, what makes that stuff fun? What makes it exciting? And um, I think, I want to say a month or two uh, into to joining ECU, we, we had, uh, I think me and Coach Rob, uh, we were sitting and we were watching, like, a jam session, pirate jam session for, for high school kids. And we saw, like, you know, they had music. You know, they had, you know, tables at, at the front with, you know, merchandise and, you know, they had food and, you know, they had, of course, they had, you know, the dunk contest, shooting contest. We didn't have any of that our first time. We just had, we did our own version of the three-point contest. We did two balls, something that that's real common, especially here in Florida. I don't know about it everywhere, but I know it's real common here in Florida. Uh, you get into PE or you go to the park. You can shoot better than me. Let's the two ball. Me and my boy versus you and your boy. You know how it goes. So. <laughs> and we was like, you know what? Let's do it. We're going to mix the genders up. And uh, it became a thing, man, that everybody loves, man. So um, with that being said, like, we started uh, doing it. It was tough because you know how boys are. When it comes to recruiting people to play in it, you know, we wanted to see, all right, let's get these, these girls. Man, the girls took two weeks, and we got – top girls in Florida. Of course, that first year, it was uh, going to be, you know, Orlando versus, you know, the Melbourne side, Space Coast, uh, I believe it was. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I know you girl, you had some girls that played in your event before, and then it was around spring break, so not everybody could come, so we had to give y'all, we gave them a few girls. Um, 
And that Orlando side, man, when it came to getting girls, oh, yeah, they were just excited to be recognized and play. You know, they just couldn't wait to, you know, play one last time and get to play with their friends. And they didn't care who was on the roster. They just was happy to be recognized for their talent. And that year, we had a lot of Division One talent, a lot of Division Two talent. Like, it was some really, you know, high-class kids in, in, in the building that year. And when it came to the boys, you know how it gets. Who's going to be there? Do we get free stuff? That's uh, the kid. What is it in for me? Yeah, what's, it, what's in it for me? And um, it was tough, but we got some kids that, that once one or two names came through, a couple of names came through, and then, of course, we had some issues with – you know, some kids getting their uniform do, doing it due to it being close to spring break. It was it was what it was, but it was the best um, beginning uh, that you could ask that we could ask for. Um, because after that, we just kept we, we we were like, all right, we learned from this experience. It was good. It turned out really good because we knew that when it comes to girls, they're go, they're gonna bring a crowd because everybody, you know, when it comes to supporting girls, it's a little different. So. Um, people, you know, parents support their boys, but when it comes to the girls, grandma, auntie, uncle, cousins, everybody's coming to see them play, you know, to show support being that I'm not necessarily sure it's because of how women's sports is, but I, I just generally think they just really, really support, you know, the the, the girls, you know, the boys are going to bring, you get the right boys in there, man, they're going to draw a crowd regardless, you know, um, regardless if it's family or not, it'll be friends or fans, you know, do this, especially with social media now. So after that, the second year, you know, we, as you saw, we took off, man, and we were building on that. And that's when we got media outlets. And, you know, we had, you know, shout out to Allie from Amp Up. We got her to come out there. We got George and and Elite Mixtapes to come out there. We had Overtime to come out. We had a lot of names come out to record the experience, and they also helped boost um, – the social media for us, and then, you know, Elite Mixtapes made a little commercial for us, you know, like a preview for the boys, and uh, I thought it was just so dope, and we got even, like, it got to the point where we filled out both rosters with 30 kids. That's you amazing. Know? Yeah, so, like, it got to the point where it got so big with them helping us boost it and us boosting it on our end, to where people from Sarah, so it wasn't even Orlando anymore, you know. It's it got, yeah. It, yeah, it came a Florida thing, you know. So like, <laughs> and that was just in year two, coach. Like it was crazy, man. And um, I thought it was amazing just to see, you know, how impressive it was, you know, because man, like the media outlets really changed the game, and that was something we added that really, really, really flipped the script on a lot of people. And, it, you know, it's funny, Coach, it's crazy because uh, coach, uh, a couple coaches that I know out there at uh, West Oaks Academy where I used to used to um, work at, uh, they, they, they did their event the same day. Now, that was their first time doing the event, and they did their event the same day, but they did it in the evening. And um, it was just funny because we was like, they've never done an event before. Why are they doing it the same day? Because, you know, it was reaching a lot of people, and I think the reason why they did it, I could be totally wrong. But it's just we we had some of their kids suppose you know that we're gonna play in our event, you know, and um, okay. they ended up coming up with their own. Um, and I'm not sure that's the reason why they could have just been thinking the same thing we were thinking, you know, it'd be a fundraiser for the for the summer and stuff like that. But um, a few of the kids that we were, wanted to play in there, you know, they they ended up starting one and they didn't even play in our event, but we still had over we still had 30 kids each roster, boys and girls, which was crazy. You know, so you had to um, turn away kids? Did you have to turn away some players? Um, we did have to, unfortunately. And, I did, and you know, I don't. I would love to have everyone play, but 13 was tough enough. And, you know, we thought it was we thought it was dope to where we can get coaches um, like we did the first year, you know, that were really successful uh, during the high school season. Um, like our first year was Coach Richardson, and uh, she she man she did an amazing job with that Orlando group. And then that second year we, uh, with the girls, we had Coach Jerry Williams from Boone. We had you know Coach Ansvall from St. Cloud, and those two yeah, went at it, man. Game. Yeah, that, those two went at it, and you know it's still Ooh. funny to this day. <laughs> Chad was like, "Yo, I've never beat Jerry ever, and this would be my first time beating him." And like 
<laughs> 10 years. I was like, oh, God, here we go. You know, so it was a real well-fought battle. I mean, Chad had a height advantage due to, you know, some injuries on, on Jerry's team. But um, it was a really good game. It was a close game. They only won by seven, you know, and they were up by 13 at one point, you know. Um, and it looked like they were going to run away with it. You know, but but you know, Coach Coach Williams put together a great game, man, and they and they fought back and they, they made it a game. It's just it was just a little too much at the end, but that game was crazy, you know. And I want to give Ali a huge shout out for for putting visuals together on that game because, man, um, we still use that to this day, you know, to 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 show kids like, yo, this is how much fun we had, how much fun the girls had, and what we're building for the future, you know, because it went from us just doing it as a fundraiser to now we want to we want to make this like something huge you know to where you know kids you know can come out there if they don't make they can be all uh all american nominations now we want you to be a player here you know like we want to create our own mcdonald's all-american type thing you know the ecu all-american game or you know whatever you want to call it but we, we want to make sure that these kids, man, have somewhere to play and they're recognized. And that's important to us. Um, and we know that they're, it's important to them as well, you know. So this year, man, we were going to turn it up a notch again, you know. Um, and uh, unfortunately, the COVID-19 kind of ruined it. But, you know, it's okay. Um, we were really close to still doing it because they didn't say anything about Orlando and all that stuff. And um, They finally came out and let us know that they were going to have to cancel it. But, Man, we had, we had some goodies, man. We had the players. The girls' roster was ridiculous. The boys' roster was really good this year. Like, we got some kids. Like, it reached kids out in IMG, kids out in uh, Masters Academy. And you could, the list goes on, you know. Um, you know, of course, kids in Melbourne. Like, it got, it got to the point where everybody was like, yo, I had kids, I had kids from Sarasota again. Because they were, you know, the previous, the coach was like, man, anytime y'all have this event, man, we got kids lined up, man, to play in it. Um, really good, talented kids. Because those two kids put on a show last year for the boys, you know, along with, you know, a couple just to name a few, like Dakota Rivers, uh, Isaiah Palermo, um, Jordan Priester. Like, there's a lot of them that, you know, are really talented, you know, um, that, that, you know, wanted to come out this year. And, um, you know, unfortunately, we couldn't make it happen, and we had a special, like, every year we want to add something, and this year we had um planned to have a few basketball, you know, I don't, I'm not sure if you can call them all legends, but uh, in, in their own right, basketball legends, um, that uh, we're going to judge our, our, our contest, you know, so um, that was going to be something huge. You know, um, for us. So, you know, and uh, we had plans for, you know, with, with the whole thing going on with certain shirts that we were going to wear um, that we thought was going to be a huge hit, you know, um, and we knew the kids would love it, you know, and, and in the heat of the moment, um, everybody would understand and, and you know, pay tribute and, and you know, understand that, man, this is this is an event that you want to be at, you know. Uh, so media outlets came back. They kept asking throughout the year. It's high school season. Hey, man, you going to have that event again this year? Hey, y'all having it again this year because I can help, blah, blah, blah. Like, it was crazy. It got crazy. Um, and uh, we were just excited, man. But unfortunately, we couldn't do it this year. Um, but, look, that ain't stopping us. We're going to, you know, we're going right. to rock with it next year. You know, we're going to keep it moving. And, uh, you know, shout out to the seniors this year. Unfortunately, they got to go through this stuff. Um, but I wish them all the best of luck and, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, when they come out of this, man, they can continue to build, you know, on the legacy that they were building, you know what I'm saying? Cause they, they really, uh, this is a tough time, but they'll be known as one of the strongest classes, you know, 2020 will be one of the strongest classes because they came out of this and was, you know, able to still, still move forward, you know what I'm saying? And, and be strong and, you know, so I, I commend this class, man, because they got to go through a lot. You know, no prom, no graduation, you know, no nothing. You know, possibly no AU season for for these twenty ones, but for the twenties, man, it's it's tough. You know, there's a lot of things, man, that they could uh that they they're gonna miss out on. You know, um, you wait, 
you know, for your senior year to be able to do certain things, you know. And, um, man, it's tough. I was looking forward to chaperone and grab bass this year, you know, get on a couple rides, you know, show up. <laughs> but, you know, um, it is what it is. Uh, so, you know, just shout out to the class of 2020, man. Uh, those girls and girls. Absolutely. Uh, guys, they, they know who, who they are, man. And, and, you know, just wishing them the best of luck next season, you know, as they continue their high school careers um, in basketball or just, you know, in academics. On that note, man, just, let's talk about our Orlando Magic, man, for a Ooh, second. you already know. Look at that. Well, you already know what time yeah. it is. <laughs> <laughs> man, man, you know, we we bleed, we bleed royal blue and, and, and white. And oh, yeah, I got a whole section of my club. It. It's, it's, it's um, no question. The last – since Dwight Howard left, I mean, we made the playoffs once. I think we was on the verge – of making the playoffs this year as an AC. I think yeah. this team yeah, has regressed so. a little bit. Um, well, what would you do if you were the GM to fix this? If I were the GM, um, honestly, all right, so hear me out on this. Um, okay. I love the fact that we went and, and took a shot on Markel. I think that was a huge deal um, because he is a number one pick. The people don't understand um, number one picks don't become number one picks for no reason. You know, there's obviously potential there, star power, and people have the aura around them. There was one questionable number one pick uh, in the last few years, and that was Anthony Bennett. I'll say that. But other than that, um, there's always, like, that number one player. Uh, that, you could, you could say Kwame Brown too. I mean, we I ain't trying to go that far back, but you're right. <laughs> he is definitely yeah. yeah Anthony him, Bennett, him, Joe Smith. If we want to go that far, Grego, and there's a lot of them. Um, but um, with, with with that being said, like I, I, I was glad we took a chance on Markel. I seen like uh, you know flashes of you know what he could do when he was healthy, and I was like, boy, he could definitely help us. Now I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm a little salty and I'm really, really mad with the Atlanta Hawks because we could have had Trey Young and we wouldn't have needed, uh, a Markel Fultz. Uh, because Trey, you know, no, no insults to Markel. Um, I love him and I want him to stay, uh, because he's proven himself. Uh, he's done it. But before he got here, um, I was really banking on us getting Trey Young one pick away. He solves everything shooting. You know, he has the, the star you know, aura around him, obviously. He's a playmaker, you know, someone who's, he's young, you know, just like Markel. And Markel is coming on to where, you know, that shoulder, boy, it don't seem to bother him anymore. But um, I did want, want Trey on. Now, as a GM, man, I was more of a Luca guy myself. I did, um, like, I, I, I did like Luca, but our pass and our luck with international players, yeah, it's just not good. It's not good. So I, I was like, you know what? I'll take the safe route and get somebody we know can fill it up. Like you know, Trey Young had a lot of forty point games. You know, hey, we 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 know at some point it was going to translate to the NBA. You don't just score forty in in the conference he was in effortlessly. Right. You know, and 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 not be able to translate. It's not that. It's not that hard. So he was either going to be instant or he was going to be a late bloomer. He was going to be, but he was going to have, you know that same presence at some point. Um, but as a, as a GM, um, I've been extremely disappointed. He's shown flashes, but not to the point where I, I would keep him. I, I, I would definitely look to, to trade away uh, Mo Bamba. Um, that's just me. Uh, I do think um, he could be an asset because there's other teams that could probably use him in a different system. Um, to where he could be freed up a little bit more because he's not a post player. Um, and uh, I'm not happy. All right, let me just say this. I liked the addition of Al Farouk Amino. I knew what he would bring, but we have a lot of forwards on our team. And Yes, we do. And don't forget about Chuma Okiki. He's recovering from Ch- that Ch- Chuma Okiki is – people sleep on that guy. And I really think once he recovers and he comes back, 
he's going to be an asset to where he's like a Draymond Green type player, but that could shoot better, you know? Like, he's going to be a defensive presence. He's going to be a... Robert know, Ory, a, like. Yeah, yeah he's, he's going to be a, a forward that... Because he can handle the ball. So he's going to be that person. He's like 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, he's somebody who could play that, you know, that stretch four position and, and can defend, you know, one through four, you know, uh, with his versatility. Um, questionable on how his athleticism is going to be, but... You know, when he comes back, that's going to be great. And I'm going to tell you this, due to, to my favorite player on Orlando right now, it's a toss-up between Aaron Gordon and and Isaacs right now. Jonathan Isaacs, man, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know if he's going to be a star, but he's definitely going to be a Scottie Pippen type player. I can already see it. You know, he was already in the running top two for defensive player in the year, and then he – you know, he went down and he was, uh, you know, scoring at a higher rate too. He had he had quite a few. I think he had six point, uh, six, uh, twenty point games before he went down. Um, That's right. And he he was just doing his thing. And then Aaron Gordon, I think once he's his role is simplified, he would he would blossom into flashes that we've seen. You know, because he has to do so much. He got to guard the best player. Some nights he has to score all the points. You know what I'm saying? He has to do a lot, and that's not easy for someone like him. But people forget, you know, he came in the league. Nobody nobody looked he for him wrong. to be a scorer. Yeah, nobody looked for him to be a scorer. He was going to be a defensive stopper and an athletic person. So he was going to be like a Sean a Marion mini, uh, kind of player. A, a Sean Marion, mini Blake Griffin type. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that's what people looked at him at. And for him to be able to score the way he's been scoring, I think is a plus. You know, so people hit on that. So – automatically untouchables when it comes to trades. If I'm the GM, J.I., Aaron Gordon, Markel Fultz, um, I, I got to keep – I got to – yeah, Chuma, you know, we got to give him a chance. Um, but if something comes along for him, I, I don't know if he's, a, he's an untouchable yet because we haven't seen him play yet. So, uh, for me, you know, those, those three, um, I'm going to have to put the human torch in there. He's, he's helped us win some games. You know, that were just unbelievable. Um, and Terrence Ross and um he's just he's just perfect for that six man role. Comes in and he can get you twenty, you know what I'm saying, easily, you know, twenty and twenty minutes if, if you know, if he's hot that night, which he's hot often. The rest of them, you know, I think it's about time for for Evan Fournier. I think it's about that time for him. Um, I do think uh I love Vooch. Um and it depends on what we would get back for him, but I would probably keep him if I get rid of Mobamba. Um, but but I would look to get to me something that we need. we haven't fixed since Dwight's been gone, and that's a go-to score. We don't have somebody we can get the ball to and be like, "Hey, go take the game," you know, take it home for us right now, you know. And while Martell is, he has that that type of, you know. Um, game he's not ready to do it yet and if he had someone help him do that while he's figuring that out he he would be fine you know and um I was not mad about entertaining the the trade for DeMar DeRozan now is he a star player no but he's been pro- he's a proven all-star you know he's you know 20 points three like he's somebody who's hit big shots take big shots um he's not a three-point shooter obviously we'd be losing that but um, I'm sure we would have been able to find three-point shooting elsewhere. Uh, but um, I think that the Marta Rosen trade was actually realistic um, because, you know, Evan Fournier has just been up and down, and I've and I've loved Evan. It's just one year, he's he's like the, one of the most underrated players, probably one of the most, you know, uh, clutchest players. You know, he was rated, you know, last two years, and, you know, clutchest players in the fourth quarter. And then you got another year where he's just, what, why are you, what are you doing? You know, like, and, and that just up and down is, is tough for us because, uh, like I said, when it comes to our team, we don't have a go-to player. Everybody's trying to be it. You know, it'll be him one night. It'll be Aaron Gordon one night, you know, and it's just like, we need someone to solidify that role. You know, um, every, if you look at all the great teams, they have someone or two, you know, so, um, we, we're the only team, man, that doesn't have that identity of a go-to player, you know. Right. And uh, 
I, I would say um, we've had people who've done it, but it's not solidified, and that's what we have to look for. So I can't really think of any other, like, really good trades, but I'm pretty sure some of the people we have on our roster have have value uh, to be able to find someone of that of that nature because at this point um, we're on the rise. You know, we're, we're, we're in the, you know, playoff contention second year in a row. And, you know, we, uh, we have a really young team that's exciting to watch, you know, um, when they're rolling, you know, Markel is lightning fast. You got the dunks and the blocks and all that stuff. Like it's exciting. It's just, we have to put it all together. We just got to put it all together. Yeah. Consistently. uh, I think the only reason why we, like we were the hottest team at the end of the year last year, and I think the only reason why it was somewhat of a drop off this year is because it's it's like once teams game plan for you, you have to make those adjustments. And our players that we have um, are good. We just don't have a go to player. We've lost a lot of games at the end because we don't have that. That that's been our biggest problem. Now there's other problems amongst that, but but one of our biggest problems is Dane. Why is he taking a shot when he should have took the shot? Why are you taking a shot when we didn't need that shot? You know what I'm saying? Like certain things like that. And and those go-to players know those things, and they just have a knack for it. You know, like that's just, you know, what they're built for, and we need one bad, you know. And this is why and this is why I was on the board for Orlando trading for C.J. McCollum. Oh, yeah, man. That would um, solved a lot of problems. Yeah, that he's had a reasonable contract. Um yeah. He could play point guard too and take some pressure off Markel, and he's a younger scorer. Yep, yep. He could play the one or two. He could play some defense. He could yep. average about twenty points. You know, six rebounds, five or six. And, and you don't and you don't lose three point shooting. You know, yep. he, uh, that, that's the biggest thing. He's he's clutch. He's <laughs> he's he's a smaller guard, but he can like you said, he can defend. Um, and he's been in big moments, man. He's been in the playoffs since he's been in the league, you know. So, do you remember when Tracy McGrady left Toronto to get out of Vince Carter's shadow a little bit? Yeah, I think that's the same. That, that could be that's the same what thing I think for McCollum. Needs he needs to get out of the shadow of Damian Lillard and see what he can do as the main. Because I think their dynamic is a little different. They share similar spotlights. Dame is a lot more brighter, of course. That's just that's because of his game. Like you know, half court Dame Lillard shots is just iconic. You know, especially to this day, that shot against the Thunder last year. Oh, uh, with the famous meme. Yeah, 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 yeah. man, that wave off, man. That's <laughs> that's crazy. He pulled up from half court like it was a free throw, coach. And he knew, and and they had a video recently of uh, Seth Curry. He was in the corner. And he was like, I'm going to just sit in this corner and not even think about being an option because I know this shot going in. You know, they said they, he was like, yeah, Dame lives for moments like these. And, you know, and they was like, whether people think he's crazy or not, he practiced those shots. You know, and I believe him. I mean, you taking them shots and coach doesn't have a problem with it, that means that, you know, he, he's capable of doing it. And for, for CJ, man, he saved them a lot during a couple of other series because, you know, when they try to take away Dame, CJ comes to the rescue, um, and, and he comes in. He put up his 30, 40 points easy, and, yep. and it's like, dang. You know what I'm saying? It was kind of like the combo of Steph and Clay. You know, you stop one, but you can't stop them both. And that's exactly, exactly what and that's exactly what there is, except for I think Steph and Clay, they have almost an equal. They're, they're the same way. They almost have an equal spotlight because uh, Clay, Clay, Clay earned his spotlight when he scored, what was it, 37 in the quarter or yeah. something like that? That was that's still ridiculous. First of all, as a coach, how do you let a player score thirty seven in a quarter? I think somebody need to be reevaluated. I'm gonna be honest with you. Just like the Kobe eighty one. <laughs> I don't care what nobody said. As a coach, how do you let one player like as soon as he gets to twenty five and a you know what I'm saying, like at halftime, I'm going crazy. I'm going crazy. There's no way. We triple teaming him if we have to. I don't care if Pal Gasol it, well, whoever was with Kobe, whoever was the center, Kwame Brown at the time, I think it was. If he got to get 20, that's fine. Kobe ain't getting no 81. <laughs> now, as good as he is, he probably would have still got 40. But 81? Come on. There's there's no excuse for that. There's no there's too much single coverage for him. And his team wasn't the greatest then either. 
at that at that point in time. You know, he was just putting on clinics. You know, and for you know for that that was crazy. That was crazy. So I, I would let Clay you know do half the stuff he did, but C.J. McCollum would have definitely been uh, to me a really really good compliment to our team. You know, he would have fixed a lot of issues. I even now hear me out on this. I'm not going to okay. lie to you. Um, I did like the idea. People, a lot of people didn't, but I did like the idea of getting um, Dennis Smith Jr. I did like the idea. I mean, when he was in with in, um, with Markel or before Markel, with Markel, that would okay. have been. I, I think one, they would have been able to be a version, a different version of Dame and and, and McCullum. The the differences they they both. I think defensively, they would have been able to to run, you know, run through people because that's a lot of athleticism, a lot of quickness. Um, obviously, Dennis Smith isn't the greatest shooter, but he's a better shooter, and uh, he would have been able to play. He probably, who knows, he could have been coming off the bench. He could have started alongside of him. Um, but Dennis Smith showed a lot his first year before Luca got there. Like before Luca got there, he was everybody was like, "Yo," because we passed on him too. And and everybody was like, "Hey, this guy, this guy's something serious." And then when he got traded to uh, New York in the, the first year, when he got traded to New York, he was doing the same thing. You know, he had like his thirty points his debut. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, and watching, I watched him a lot growing up. Uh, I want to say not growing up, but you know, like as I started watching basketball more, trying to learn, and that man was doing his thing out there in North Carolina. You know, go, you know, doing his thing, and, and I was like, yo, he's going to be something. And, man, he got to the NBA, and, and he was just showing up. And I would have entertained it uh, just to have some more youth um, that was, you know, to complement, you know, the other pieces and stuff like that. But, um, hey, I just wanted something fresh. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to find, figure something out, make some type of change, um, because we definitely are in dire need of it. Um, but, Hey, what can I do? I'm just a fan. I'm never gonna leave. I get frustrated right. a lot. Um, Penny is the reason why I'm a Magic fan. Um, and you know, what I'm saying uh, Shaq was, you know, of course Shaq was, but you know, you know how I felt. I felt about Penny because he was not saying Shaq wasn't loyal. I, I heard stories about why he left, but Penny stuck through it, man. And from this day forward, man, that like Orlando Magic Penny, my favorite player of all time. All time, all in the Magic Penny, and um, second favorite would be, we'll we'll get in that real quick. You know what I'm saying? Like favorite players of all time, I'll, I'll go. If I had to choose, they go. You know, Orlando Magic Penny. I have to go Allen Iverson. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but I'm like a huge Carmelo Anthony fan. Huge Carmelo Anthony fan. Good, um, good that he found a team too. Oh yeah, and and he's proved himself too. So he's definitely gonna have a job next year. Um, man, T Mac. Oh God, couldn't have couldn't couldn't go in there without T Mac. Uh, that's two number ones though. I can't. <laughs> hey man, he he wore he wore number one with honor, man, and he didn't disappoint. Yeah, he did. He didn't disappoint. Um, let's see. Uh, oh man, I can't forget one of my favorite power forwards of all time. Um. He's not the greatest power forward of all time, you know, because Tim Duncan is, but he's a close second in my opinion, and that's and that's Kevin Garnett. Um, big ticket, big ticket, man. It's I've never growing up like I've seen a lot of players, but I love like he's like the ultimate teammate, the ultimate teammate. He gonna go to bat for you, he gonna fight for you, he gonna scrap for you, and ain't, he ain't taking no mess. Uh, he play with so much passion. He's one of them type of dudes that's like the Will Smith like interview where he's he's like, Hey, if I'm running on the treadmill and you next to me, I'm either gonna die <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna die before before you you know what I'm saying, before I get off before you. So you gonna have you I'm gonna tell you right now, me and you if we running next to each other, yeah. You you getting off first and I'm gonna die. That's just how it's gonna go. And that's the type of teammate uh and passion that, that K G played with. And then of course, man, you can't you can't have any team without prime Shaq. Like, I don't think there's like people can go ahead and compare and contrast all they want, man. There's nobody as dominant as Shaq. 
So I, I don't like hear nothing like that. Wilt was great, but he played in the era. There wasn't, he was bigger than everybody. You know, he was bigger than everybody. He was dunking on everybody. And I understand, like, from my perspective, I'm younger. I get it. It was a different time. But Shaq played in two eras where he was dominant in both eras, you know, and and won, you know, at, at a high level and was just pure dominance, man, just pure dominance. And it was like, when Shaq come in here, you ain't got no choice but to foul him, but damn. Can can you try not to let him dunk it before he get fouled? <laughs> so, um, just a quick view. There's still some on name. Uh, you know, of course, one of my favorite others, Scottie Pippen. But you know, Jordan. You know, we can get into all of that stuff. But hey, man, that's just a little bit about you know my favorite players. But of course, the Magic Man. Hey, man, if I could build, let me ask you this, Coach. Now, if you could build the Orlando Magic. Starting five all time, who would it be? And I'll give you my five real quick. So well, backcourt's easy. <laughs> yeah, so I'm gonna have you to got go, the number well, one, Penny, and yeah. that team that. Well, I'm gonna go. I'll go Penny, T Mac, and D Scott. I I was a huge D Scott fan. I'm gonna have to put D Scott in there, and then I have, have to put Rashard Lewis in there. Um. He could play the three or the four. He uh-huh. kind of reminds me of D. Scott, but he's bigger. Yeah, yeah, he's bigger. Um, Dwight Howard at the four, Shaq at the five. Oh yeah, Shaq and D. Dwight Howard definitely in there. And if I had to build a bench, my six man gonna be Turkaloo. I'm, I'm just letting you know right now. Yeah, Turkaloo, my six man. He coming in there getting buckets. That dude right there was the goat when he joined Orlando. He joined. He's still one of the greatest Orlando Magic players, man. Like. And I was, I don't, I'd be lying if I say I expected any of that from him. I'm gonna be honest with you. Coming from Sacramento, wait a minute, Turkaloo. Right, this man went out there was getting buckets, game winners. He uh, and you could tell he adapted to Florida culture. It was just hilarious. And um, and uh, yeah, he that that's my that would be my sixth man if I had to choose one. And you got Daryl Armstrong, Nick oh, Anderson, yeah. uh, Horace Grant. I'm still salty about Nick, but he's de- he's a good friend of mine. I still I haven't talked to him in a while, but that's still a good friend of mine. Even though I gave him a little crap about the free throws, man. <sighs> I still think we probably who knows that could have changed the dynamic of the series, man. Who knows? Nobody yeah. knows. You know, we probably still would end up losing, but it would it probably would have helped? Who knows? Oh man. Well, let's talk about. Some movies here. Like, Uh-oh. if you had a favorite sequel to an original movie, for example, like for me, uh, Rocky Two and Rocky Three were probably one of my favorite sequels to mm-hmm. the original Rocky One. Okay. Um, I love action, but I'm a, I'm a, I like comedy and horror a lot. Like, those are my two top, like, when okay. I'm looking for a movie, I'm looking for those two. I'll watch I'll watch action. What if there was a movie that hasn't come out with a sequel that I would have been interested in seeing? Okay. That, count? that counts. Now, I know it ended a certain way, but I wish there was a part two to Colombiana. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, I wish there was a part two to Colombiana. Um, if it comes to, when we come to sequels, I'm a huge fan of Rush Hour. Rush Hour okay. 1, Rush Hour 2. Uh, Matrix and Matrix Reloaded. I wasn't I wasn't too fond of Revolutions. Um, yeah, me either. Let's see. A sequel. John Wick. John Wick is good. Um, I'm, a, I'm a huge Transformers fan until it started getting crazy. But Transformers all the way up to Dark of the Moon was, was my movie. You know, Sam Wick with you all day. Um what else is it was a good one? Uh, I'm I'm starting to. I, Jumanji. I, Jumanji was good. I'm, I'm not. I wasn't really a big fan of the newer ones. Like it was funny, uh, but the other originals were just classics. Like it was a classic. Um, just like I'd go crazy if they try to make like another Mr. Doubtfire. I'd probably kill somebody. <laughs> 
Yeah, um, um, part two that I'd be willing to see, but it had to be made back then. It can't be made now. Would have been New Jack City. Woo. Um, Nino Brown. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, stuff like that. Uh, but one of my, I don't know. Um, as far as sequels, I just know. Look, my favorite movie. Uh, it's a tie between okay. two. They're two different. They're two different types of movies. Um, Love and Basketball. Okay, that was a great one. And my second is The Pursuit of Happiness. As I got older, like, that that movie touched me a different way. You know, a lot of people, you know, look at it as, you know, just another, you know, it was a touching story and stuff like that. But what it meant, you know what I'm saying, to keep, you know, keep fighting and keep moving forward no matter what happens in life, like, that touched me in a different way. Um, as an adult now, you know what I'm saying, just understanding, like, man, this man went through all of this and still didn't give up. So that's why I get to kids. I look at kids and be like, man, you think you're going through something? You ain't going through nothing. Like, like this dude lost everything. I'm talking about, man, sleeping in a train station, coach. He was sleeping in the train with his son. Like, dude banging on the door. Like, I'm over, I'm over there. Like, I couldn't be more happy for him when he got that job at the end. You know, I I, I was over there by the bus down to I got watching the theaters, man. Um, and if you haven't seen um, a certain movie, I need you to go watch it, man. Have you seen Gemini Man yet? I have not seen that yet. I'm going to tell you right now, Coach, you better go see it. You better watch it. It's okay. really, I was, I, I prejudged it. I didn't go see it in theaters because I thought it was going to be like, uh, they, it's going to be too much or it ain't going to be great. It's kind of how I judged uh, Bad Boys. Bad Boys ended up being real good. Uh, I was shocked. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I knew they wouldn't bring it back if it wasn't going to be good, but I thought it was just like they were going to be too old. It wasn't going to be the great, you know what I'm saying? But it ended up being real good. But Gemini, man, they did that movie. They did that movie. Thank you, Coach D, for coming out and doing this interview, man, on a Sunday morning. But never mind what haters say. Ignore them until they fade away. Until next time, thank you for listening to the Night Vision Podcast out.